Hello and welcome to the Fit to Transform podcast, where you learn how to train and diet effectively and, most importantly, how to maintain those results for life, once and for all. I'm Nikias Tomasiello, a transgender training and nutrition coach working online with anyone who's ready for a true lifestyle transformation anywhere they may be in the world. As a friendly reminder, any and all information provided is for educational purposes only. You should consult with your doctor before implementing any changes to your diet and exercise program. With that disclaimer out of the way, thank you for being here. Now grab yourself a cup of tea or pre-workouts and enjoy. Yo, welcome back to the podcast. Today's episode is going to be all about mindset which I'm sure will surprise absolutely no one, given how much emphasis I place on mindset in all of my content. Anyway, in this particular episode, I want to answer the following question. Is having a dream physique motivating or harmful? Personally, I think it could go either way. It's not always motivating and it's not always harmful. The difference lies in the mindset that you, that you adopt to having a dream physique. On a personal level, I've never had a dream physique, but what works for me doesn't necessarily work for everybody else. And I don't presume to persuade you to do what I do. However, I want to give you the tools, the mindset tools, so that if you do have a dream physique, it's going to help drive you towards your goals and not further away from it. So that's what I aim to do in this episode. And before I begin, I just want to give a shout out to my client, Riss. I, client, I currently have two clients called Riss, and I want to give a shout out to Riss TM. When you hear this, you know who you are, because this episode was inspired by a check-in that I recently had with him. Riss, you're doing awesome. And uh, that's it. That's the shout out. So let's get into the podcast. First off, I want to give a brief definition of what I mean by a dream physique, just so that we're all on the same page. So what I mean by that is when we take somebody else's physique as our source of inspiration. I often have clients who have an initial consultation with me and they'll tell me, I really want to look like this person that I've seen on Instagram or this actor I really admire or uh, this influencer or personal trainer. That's their dream physique. And that is what I am going to refer to whenever I say dream physique throughout the rest of this podcast. First off, I believe that it's incredibly helpful to set yourself up with realistic expectations to understand whether your dream physique is attainable for you or not. And I can't tell you if that's the case, because I don't know you personally, and I don't know who your dream physique is. But what I'm going to do in the next however long it takes is give you the tools to decide for yourself whether your current dream physique is actually realistic for yourself. Now, your dream physique is going to be unrealistic for you if you have to become excessively lean, or if you would need to put on more muscle mass than what your genetics, your lifestyle, your age, and the time that you're going to spend training enable you to achieve. So this sounds pretty obvious and easy to say, right? But 
how do you know if you are excessively lean and how can you tell if a dream physique is too muscular compared to what you can achieve? In terms of excessive leanness, there are signs you can pick up on that can suggest that you may be too lean for comfort. And what I mean by too lean for comfort is that you are below your lower intervention point, which is, according to Speakman and colleagues, the lowest amount of body fat that you can carry before your body starts to actively fight against any more fat loss. These signs include the fact that you're constantly hungry, you're moody, you have obsessive thoughts about your body, and you constantly pick your physique apart even though you are objectively lean. The fact that you're very food focused and you're always looking forward to your next meal as soon as you finish one and you can't stop thinking about what you're going to eat next. You may even have disordered eating patterns. You may develop low libido or no libido in the worst case scenario and you may become sleepless, anxious and restless. These are all signs that I also covered in episode 53 why you stop sticking to your diet and what to do about it. And in that particular episode, I also described the dual intervention point model that I've only alluded to here when I've just, I've just mentioned the lower intervention point. So I highly recommend that you listen to that podcast as well. In that particular episode, I described these as signs that you've hit your diet fatigue threshold after you've been losing body fat for a certain period of time. However, if you experience these signs all of the time, even after weeks or months that you spent at maintenance calories, at this point it's not just diet fatigue, it's a sign that you are below your intervention point and therefore you are too lean. In addition to these signs, another way to tell that you may be too lean for comfort is that you feel like you have to be hyper-focused on training and nutrition all the time in order to maintain this physique. Because the leaner you want to be, the fewer calories you can eat because smaller bodies burn fewer calories, so your maintenance calories are going to be lower. And also, in many cases, you have to do more activity in order to maintain energy balance and therefore maintain this level of leanness. As a result of these increased demands from both training and nutrition, you might find that this is simply too much to keep up given your other life commitments, and it's also unenjoyable and stressful for you. And therefore, you are leaner than you would likely thrive at. The ideal in quotes, level of leanness for you is a level of leanness where, yes, you feel confident in your appearance, but also, and importantly, you thrive in the rest of your life. And fitness doesn't have to be your number one priority all of the time for you to maintain that level of body fat. On the opposite end of the spectrum, in order to assess whether your dream physique is too muscular for you or not, you have to understand where this physique that you so admire comes from. So what I'm going to do is discuss the main factors that are going to affect what you're looking at on social media or on TV or wherever it is that you found this dream physique of yours. 
And these main factors include genetics, lifestyle, time, biological age, health history, Photoshop, and performance-enhancing drugs. So let's start from the bottom of the list. A lot of pictures on social media are photoshopped. In fact, there's even an Instagram account, well, at least only one that I know of, but there could be more. And this Instagram account is, account is called Goob, spelled G-O-O-B, underscore U2. And the man behind this account actively calls out fitness influencers for doctoring their picture using pictures using Photoshop. So if you want to gain an insight into this sad reality, you want to give him a follow and take a look at his content. Now, whether the picture that you're looking at is photoshopped or not, it's still a single snapshot of a single day. So it's very important that you understand whether this person looks this way every day or not. And if in this picture, the person is doing a photo shoot or a bodybuilding competition, that physique that you're looking at is a physique that literally only lasts that one day. They, ha they have become as lean as they could possibly get for the photo shoot or the bodybuilding comp. And they also implemented certain nutritional and training protocols that taken together usually last about a week and are known as peak week. And the main purpose of peak week is to peak your physique, so make it look as good as possible for the one day when you have the photo shoot or the competition. This is not what they look like every single day. And if they have truly achieved very extreme levels of body fat, they are well below your, their lower intervention point and they will aim to regain body fat after the competition or the photo shoot. Now, even if the person that you admire doesn't compete and you're not looking at pictures of a photo shoot, think critically about the circumstances under which a picture was taken because a physique that gets photographed after a workout with a great pump and excellent lighting is very different to a physique photographed at the end of the day, right after a meal, with no pump and subpar lighting. And we all post our best pictures on social media. Nobody's going to post a picture of themselves that they don't think looks good. I wouldn't. Finally, there could be people who aren't doing a photo shoot and aren't doing a bodybuilding competition, and they just walk around very lean all of the time. And they look that way even in crappy lighting and without a pump. And that's because they have a lower intervention point than other people. And that has to do with genetics. If they have a lower intervention point, they can get leaner before their body starts fighting against any further fat loss than other people can. The second factor I want to discuss is performance-enhancing drugs. And I want to say right off the bat that I hold no negative judgment for people who take PEDs. As long as they're not competing in a drug-tested sport, in which case that would be cheating, it's their business whether they want to take PEDs or not. What I take issue with is that 
many athletes and influencers aren't upfront about the fact that they're taking PEDs and they will post pictures of themselves knowing full well that people will buy from them because they're taking their physique as inspiration, not knowing that that physique is a result of hard work, certainly, but also of PEDs. And not everybody is willing to take PEDs to take their physique to that level. And unfortunately, it's actually pretty difficult to tell if somebody is on PEDs because there are some people who look like they are, even though they simply have been training for decades, they have incredible genetics and they work really, really hard. I said simply, I didn't mean to imply that it's easy, but I meant to say that they're not taking drugs and yet they look that way because of a combination of these three factors. On the opposite end of the spectrum, there are people who maybe haven't trained for as long. They don't have the best genetics to begin with and they maybe haven't followed the most effective training program for them. They start taking PEDs and they look fit, sure, but they may not look as incredible as somebody might expect when they think of somebody who's on performance enhancing drugs. So this is all to say that unless somebody straight up tells you that they are on PEDs or unless they compete in drug-tested bodybuilding, and even then, they might be natural, but still going for a drug-tested competition for whatever reason, then you really have no way of telling for sure whether they are natural or assisted by PEDs. And sadly, even if somebody were to tell you, sometimes people lie. Basically, you have to take pictures on Instagram with a grain of salt for that reason, alongside Photoshop. Now, the next factor I'm going to discuss is your genetics. And the most important point I want to make about this is that the average person's dream physique, the physique that you might be aspiring to, is often the product of outstanding genetics. It's not the only factor by any stretch of the imagination, but it does play a large role. Just think about how many of these inspiring accounts you follow right now, 3, 5, 10, 20, there's billions of people on earth. You're aspiring to attain a physique that only a tiny minority of people achieve. Another way of looking at this is to think about how many athletes compete versus how many athletes win world-class competitions. There are many competitors, but really only one winner, right? Again, you're aspiring to look like somebody who has elite genetics for their sport or elite genetics for building muscle and losing fat. And let's be honest, if you had outstanding genetics, you would know by now. I view genetics as it pertains to developing your physique or playing a certain sport the same way as I view a talent. I knew pretty early on in life that I was good at storytelling and at writing. It was one of my biggest talents. Genetics are the same. People who have great genetics find out really early in life that they're amazing at a certain sport or at the majority of sports uh, and that they build muscle, they are stronger than their peers and they develop their physique more easily as well. The fourth factor is your lifestyle. So as I've mentioned, outstanding genetics are one aspect, but there are several contributing factors. 
to an outstanding physique. And the next one is lifestyle. The people that most of us aspire to look like when we're thinking of a dream physique usually build their entire life around looking the way that they do or maintaining the performance that they have. For example, Hugh Jackman and Chris Hemsworth look the way they do because they train very, very regularly and they eat a certain way all the time. And if we want to use a less extreme example than Hollywood actors or world-class athletes, you might aspire to look like a very popular personal trainer on Instagram. And even in their case, they build their lifestyle around training and nutrition. They're in the gym most of the time, training themselves or training clients. So they lift weights often, which makes building muscle easier. They um, have a high energy expenditure, meaning they can also eat more calories, which makes it easier to manage their nutrition. And they are very attentive to their nutrition as well. And as a result of this lifestyle, yes, they still need to work hard, but they don't need to work as hard as somebody who has a full-time job that has nothing to do with fitness, somebody who sits at a desk 8 to 12 hours per day, somebody who needs to really pay attention to every morsel that goes past their lips because their maintenance calories aren't very high because they don't move very much. Another perspective on lifestyle is that it's a matter of choice. These people choose to have a very active lifestyle. They are sacrificing other aspects of life in order to be able to train these often and to be able to manage their nutrition as carefully as they do. And these may be aspects of life that you do not want to sacrifice or compromise like they do. And that is going to impact whether you can achieve similar results to them or not. As the saying goes, you can't complain about the results you didn't get from the work that you didn't do. And if I may change that saying now, don't complain about the results you didn't get from the work that you chose not to do. The next factor is time spent training. Outstanding physiques are a product of decades of training. I'm going to say this again. Outstanding physiques are a product of decades of training. We're not talking one to five years here. We're talking 10, 15, 20 plus years. So if you haven't put in the same amount of consistency for a similar length of time as the person that you admire, you're not going to look like them, even assuming that your genetics and your lifestyle are the same. Not only that, but you need to make that time in the gym or spent training count because people with outstanding physiques have one thing in common. They have trained for a long time, but also they train hard. They make every set, every rep of every exercise count. They don't just go through the motions. They leave a max of three reps in reserve before hitting failure on the majority of their sets. So it's not just about the time, it's about the quality of that time as well. The second to last factor is your biological age. And I want to make a very important point to start with, which is that anybody can build muscle at any age. So it's never too late to start lifting weights. When they do research in elderly populations and these subjects start lifting weights for the first time, 
they see that these subjects get newbie gains. They increase their muscle mass, they increase their strength. So it is possible to build muscle at any age. However, you have to take into account that once you get to a certain age, there are two processes that began to take, begin to take place. The first process is called sarcopenia, which is age-related muscle loss. As I said, you can build muscle at any age, but if you're also dealing with sarcopenia, let's say that you lose half a kilogram of muscle every year, and then you build one kilogram of muscle every year, the outcome is that you've only built half a kilogram. Whereas if you were in your 20s and sarcopenia was several decades away, and you built a kilogram of muscle every year, you would end up building one kilogram of muscle. These are just examples, but it's to show you that when you reach a certain age, your ability to grow muscle is impacted. There's also a process called anabolic resistance that takes place, and this is most common in elderly populations, so we're talking 60 plus in most cases. And anabolic resistance is a phenomenon by which your body doesn't have the same muscle building or anabolic response to the same amount of protein. So if right now, let's say as a random example, that 30 grams of protein in a meal helps you build 10% more muscle, 30 grams of protein when you're 65 might now only build 6 to 7%. Now, don't take these percentages as gospel. I am pulling the numbers out of my butt. Again, this is just to illustrate the concept. Last but not least, the longer you train for, the slower your gains become. So if you are 55 and you've been training for 20 years, it's already really hard for you to pull on more muscle. Then you also have to deal with sarcopenia, which makes it even harder. And then you turn 60, and now you also start experiencing anabolic resistance. Once again, I'm using 60 as an average age. I'm not saying that at 59, you have zero anabolic resistance, and all of a sudden you turn 60 and everybody gets anabolic resistance. It's more of a reference point. Again, these are just ways to illustrate concepts. Don't take the specific numbers as the rule. Lastly, your health history is going to play a role. The most ideal circumstances to develop an outstanding physique would be to have no injuries and no major health complications. When you start having one or the other, or a combination of the two or multiple of these conditions, that's when inevitably muscle growth and fat loss become more difficult. And I'm going to use myself as an example here. I had an eating disorder, a restrictive eating disorder, where I was underweight or borderline underweight for many years. In addition to that, this eating disorder also affected my thyroid, and your thyroid affects your metabolism. And having a healthy metabolism is fundamental for muscle building and fat loss. In addition to that, for many years, I had non-existent sex hormone levels. And while sex hormones don't necessarily build muscle directly, they allow that process to occur. So I have nearly a decade of an impacted thyroid, very low sex hormone levels, and a very low body weight. 
all of these factors are going to impact my ability to build muscle and they have impacted it. If you look at my pictures, you could say that I don't have great genetics and that would be true. My mother is five foot one. My dad is something like five foot ten. Neither of them was ever an impressive athlete. Neither of them is particularly into um, sports or they've not been into exercise until later in life. My dad right now, as far as I know, doesn't exercise at all. My mom started lifting weights when I was a teenager. So that was a decade ago at this point. So I don't have the best genetics, but I also have this very extreme health history of a restrictive eating disorder. And as a result, I don't look like most people's dream physique, to be perfectly honest with you. And these are all factors that you want to take into account when you're assessing your dream physique. And the more factors you have in common with your dream physique, the greater the likelihood that you'll achieve something similar. So in conclusion, I am going to answer the question, is having a dream physique motivating or harmful then? And in my view, it's going to be harmful if you don't have realistic expectations, which is why I've spent so long so far giving you all of the tools that I could think of to recognize whether a specific physique is attainable for you or not. Another reason why having a dream physique is going to be harmful is if it is your sole fitness goal and your sole obsession. If you don't have any other interest in fitness outside of changing your physique, you're not going to last long enough to achieve outstanding results. Because you're not going to enjoy the process, you're just going to drag yourself through it thinking about the final outcome. And when you realize that you've been working on it for one, two, three, five years, and you're still not there, if you're still around after five years, that is, you might give up because it's not worth it. A physique isn't worth it. The process, a process that you enjoy, is worth this length of time. And it's worth even longer than that. It's worth decades. But a physique, I don't think it's worth it. And for most people, it won't be. And this is a segue into the reasons why I believe that having a dream physique could be actually helpful to you. And it could be if you don't just think that you're chasing the look, but you take the time to look beyond the physique that you want to achieve and ask yourself, why do I want this physique? Because, and that's why I've just said, that the physique alone isn't worth decades of your time. Most of us aren't chasing a look. We're chasing a feeling. We want to feel a, cert a certain way, and we believe that achieving a certain physique is going to result in feeling that way. I do think that to an extent, attaining a physique that fits your personal vision and your aesthetic preferences is going to increase your confidence and have a positive impact on the way that you feel. However, it won't be enough on its own. It's going to feel hollow and incomplete if you don't take a deep dive while you're working on your physique and gain insight into what it is that you truly want to feel, what it is that's beyond this physique for you. So if you do this all important mental work, then having a dream physique could be helpful to you 
provided that you also have realistic expectations about that dream physique and you are at peace with the fact that you may never look like that. And you understand that that's not the point because again, you're chasing a feeling, not just a look. The point is to use that dream physique as inspiration and motivation. When you look at that dream physique, you're thinking, it's amazing that this is within human possibility because it's exciting. If the best physique that anybody could achieve wasn't worthy of admiration, it wouldn't be as exciting to try to pursue it. In summary, I have some closing remarks. Having a dream physique can be harmful or it can be motivating. What matters is that you approach it with the right mindset. And my aim with this podcast was to help you build the right mindset to make sure that having a dream physique helps you move forward rather than discouraging you and holding you back. So I hope you haven't come to the end of this episode thinking, oh man, I don't have outstanding genetics. I don't have a lifestyle built around my fitness journey. That is so depressing. That's not at all how I want you to look at this. Because as I've just said, most of us aren't chasing a dream physique. We're chasing the way that we believe that that physique is going to make us feel. And importantly, you don't need to attain that physique, that dream physique, to achieve your goal feeling. In my experience, it's through the physique development process that you realize the feeling that you want to feel. And you also realize what you need to do to feel that feeling, regardless of how developed your physique may be at that stage. And as a bonus, you've also been engaging this process for a long time by then, and you have built an amazing physique for your own possibilities, which is awesome. So please don't be discouraged. And if I may make a suggestion, while there's nothing wrong with having a dream physique, if you have the right mindsets, I would also encourage you to have a dream physique that's your own, not somebody else's. And what I mean by that is that I would encourage you to get curious and try to discover what level of leanness and muscularity fits within your vision but also helps you thrive in life, as I said earlier, so that you don't need to be hyper-focused on training and nutrition all of the time in order to maintain that physique. You don't have signs that you're below your lower intervention point. You're enjoying life. And you also have a physique that you can be proud of because you've spent so many years building it. And the final message that I want to give in this episode is to the gender diverse community. I work with a lot of you, and I know that a lot of us pursue a dream physique to help with gender incongruence. And I want to encourage you to consider the difference between a physique that's going to help you soothe that incongruence and the dream physique that our societal ideals lead you to believe that you want. You don't need to look like your dream physique. You don't need to look like a fitness model or a bodybuilder in order to be a, in quotes, a real man or a real woman 
or a non-binary individual. I'm making air quotes here. But there's a lot of pressure in the gender diverse community to achieve a certain level of muscularity or a certain level of leanness that's more in line with culture and cultural ideals than what you as an individual actually need in order to feel closer to your desired gender. I found it with myself and I've experienced it with other clients as well. I started out my own journey hoping to soothe my gender incongruence and I haven't achieved an outstanding physique by any stretch of the imagination or otherwise by now I would have a million followers but my gender incongruence has lessened a lot compared to when I started and similarly I have clients who start their journey working with me and a few months or a few years later they're already happy with their physique relative to how it helps with gender incongruence even if they don't look like a fitness model on the cover of a magazine so this is really important for you to think about when you're considering a dream physique as a gender diverse person and the very last closing thought i have is for everyone truly impressive results take decades So you need to enjoy the process because if you're planning on getting anywhere closer to your dream physique, you are going to need many years crafting and working on it. So find an approach to this fitness endeavor that you enjoy, that you can be consistent with, and that motivates and excites you for other reasons in addition to attaining a certain look or you're not going to last long enough. And that's a wrap for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you want to connect with me in the show notes, you'll find links to my website where you can also read my blog, which I've been writing since 2018. You'll find a link to my application form to start working with me as an online client and a link to my Instagram account. So you can DM me and give me some feedback, ask me questions. I'm very chatty, as you can tell, and I'll be very happy to talk to you about anything that you would like to discuss with me. As always, thank you so much for giving me some of your precious time. And I look forward to bringing you many more quality episodes like this. And with that said, until next time. Lastly, if you want to support the podcast, and help me reach more people, please leave a five-star rating or review on any podcast platform that you're using. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll speak to you soon.